Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Soapbox Derby. My name is Jacob Porter, broadcasting from Twin Oaks Castle. I'm here with Alex Gnapp. Yellow. Gail. Is in the house. Sarah. Hey. All right, all right, all right. How's everybody doing today? Wonderful. That's good. Glad to hear it. Just peachy, motherfucker. Well, I've been looking forward to this uh, podcast because uh, we've got one of my good buddies, Nick Reese, on. Hey, Nick. Thanks hey. for hanging out. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Nick is the driving force behind Coup de Grace. I heard it was Coup de Grace. Coup de Grace. Coup de Coup de Coup. Coup de Grace. Coup de Grace. Coup de Grace. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've got Nick with us, uh, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about um, a little bit more than what he's just working on right now. I kind of wanted to talk about your musical history because it's sort of bigger than just your current project for, for people who might not be familiar with everything that you've been associated yeah. with. So we'll kind of start from the, the very beginning. What made you get into music? Ooh. Uh, I've... My whole life I've been around music. Uh, my mom and dad are both really just introduced me to music at a young age. Beatles, uh, you know, stuff like that. Led Zeppelin. Right on. And uh, I used to take piano lessons from this old lady down the street. Yeah. Know, How old were you when you started that? I mean, I think I was like six or something. Right on. So you're like I, don't, I wouldn't really like it, you know. Yeah, I wanted to just like play Green Day songs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just wanted to play Dookie. Right? Yeah, it's the same, uh, yeah. same story for me. Absolutely. Yeah, same. Aww, Dookie. In I hindsight, I wish I, you know, stuck with the piano more. But right, right, absolutely. You know, in hindsight, but yeah. At the time, I just wanted to. I needed to be Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was uh, Tom DeLonge making dick jokes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was my was favorite. Changed. What made you want to start playing guitar, Amanda? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't write that down in the training <laughs> right, right. I didn't I didn't and it's a bullet journal she didn't know how to answer it because it wasn't in a bullet journal <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start playing guitar from piano then uh, yeah so I think I started playing guitar in 7th grade okay right yeah. me too <laughs> <laughs> good answer good answer yeah so you start in 7th grade and then do you go through the whole like um like first bands thing where you have like seven guitarists and nobody plays drums or, <laughs> or how did that work out? Um, yeah, I took lessons like one on one from some guy this music store in Barberton, you know, starting out, and then uh, in high school, like started playing with some friends and things. We played the talent show, right on. Did Freebird at the talent show <laughs> like sophomore year, like it was, it was hilarious. The uh, twenty minute guitars, behind, so low. yeah, behind the back, you know, whatever. Right on. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Definitely been through all that for sure. So, when what was your first serious project? Uh, so, my first serious <coughs> project was in college, um, the George Harrison Ford Explorers, the GHFE, nice. uh, for short. <coughs> and um, we were all high school friends uh, from Hoban. We all went to Hoban, and um, really, we were all just we're all songwriters. And so it was like six of us that were all pretty much multi instrumentalists and songwriters. And still trying to like all find our own way, you know. Right on. Uh, so it was like it was a fun challenge too to try to like a lot of cooks in the kitchen, right? <laughs> you know, so 
<laughs> was um, that like the traditional rock band format? Like you had a drummer, a guitar player, a bassist? And yeah, Tig, our current drummer now that I play with, uh, was the drummer then. So you've been playing with Tig for a long time? I've been playing with Tig for over 10 years. Okay, yeah. right on. Yeah, we met um, we met at the Harbor, like this restaurant. We both worked there. I was like, oh, you play drums? Like, I play guitar. We should get together sometime. <laughs> so that's kind of how that started. Did you have to go, uh, did you guys start jamming at his place? Because you've always got to go to the drummer. Oh, yeah. For, oh, the tiniest room. Right. Just the smallest room <laughs> with six people at one point. Just in the tiniest room. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. like this. But What kind of stuff were you guys doing in that project? Um, I mean, we did original music. Uh, we did. We covered some Beatles tunes. I think we covered an Elliot, some Elliot Smith. Yes. And, oh, cool. Um, what else? I can't remember. It's been a long time. Sure. Oh, we, sure. oh, what else did we do? Yeah, we did some cool covers back. I can't remember. Off the top of my head, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, as far as the original material goes, like, yeah. what kind of stuff was was coming out of that? Well, so like I said, so we were all, all of us were songwriters. So like. Say, uh, you know, my buddy Steve wrote a song, and then we would all write parts to that, right? Or okay. I would write a guitar progression, and he would write lyrics to it or a melody to it, and someone else would write. So we all, you know, then Stefan would write songs on keyboards or whatever, and then we would... So it's it's all, you know, it, it was a wide range of songs. I really enjoyed that time. It was really a creative time. It just didn't really work out. We were too... I think we were too young, a lot of ego. Well, sure. Too yeah. many cooks in the kitchen... You can't. You know, it's it's. We were all still in college. You know, it's. But we're all still friends, and. That's cool. Yeah. So you so you move from um, uh, the George Harrison Ford experience. Yeah. 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 To um, so what happens after the dissolution of this project? How long are you guys together for? Um, not that long. Maybe a couple, two years. Not that long. Because I think Hating Calling in your band had crossed paths at one point. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we started playing. I mean, we played at a bunch of places in Kent that aren't around anymore. The Robin right, Hood. Right. Club Chameleon. Uh, I think that's like a bridge now or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so I met through playing at Kent and stuff. I met uh, Simeon Soul Charger, the dudes there. Aaron right Brooks on. and all those guys. And uh, befriended them. Started playing shows together with them. Uh, started hanging out with those guys. Jammed with them. Started playing with Simeon Soul Charger uh, on some shows. and Were you playing guitar you know, for them? Yeah, guitar, keys. Um, whatever. Yeah, auxiliary. Do you remember ever playing with a band called The Zoo? Yeah. I yeah. love those Out guys. in Youngstown? Yeah. 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 Um, they're still a band. I think they're still a yes. band. Yeah. Um, I think they're living or they're all over the place. Sorry, that's my daughter. <laughs> um, I remember seeing Simeon Soul Charger play back in the day with The Zoo. Cause yeah. I got to meet those guys through a mutual friend. And every time they came to Akron, we went to their shows. It was awesome. Yeah, I remember uh, Aaron from Trendy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he used to be, like, the coolest guy. When I was a kid, I went to, like, my first Cleveland punk rock show. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> a freshman in high school. And our buddy's mom said it'd be all right if we went. And she, like, drove us up there and dropped us off outside of Peabody's. And we're like, oh, I can't believe we're going to Peabody's. It's like, we can't even buy a beer if we wanted one, dude. Peabody's. And then this band came on. And you talk about, like, wanting to be uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> there, was, there was Aaron, like, doing it. Like yeah, kicking ass and really cool projects and writing really good songs too. But like the nicest guy, oh, you know yeah. what I mean. As soon as he got off stage, we want we had like a hundred questions and this dude just sat there and answered them all oh, with yeah, a smile. The and then yeah. finally, it was just like, all right, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, him and I got really close. We became really close friends before they moved to Germany. Right on. So eventually, you know, they I mean they got 
the offer to move to Germany and do their thing, and you know they're living the dream over there. Now, was uh, was the same offer kind of extended to you? No, like, no, no, I, I wasn't really. I mean, I was more auxiliary, and I was doing my own thing as well. Right on. at the time, uh, so it was like just awesome that they even had the opportunity to do that. Oh you yeah, know? For like sure. it was just so cool. I was just so happy for them. How long were you playing with them? Um. Like maybe a year. Okay. Maybe a year. Yeah. Now, in either of these projects, are you doing any level of like extensive touring or, or playing out of town, or is it just more like one-off things? Or? Yeah, one-offs. So we go to. We, I think we played Buffalo, Nietzsche's in oh, Buffalo, cool. and uh, yeah, some one-off shows on the road too. Right on. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, you go from playing with Simeon Soul Charger, and then they're leaving. What what kind of fills after that? What are you left with? Well, I'm. I was. Uh, I actually got married at that time, so I was kind of doing my own thing, and just oh, cool. kind of put music aside for a little bit. Um, still played, but wasn't doing anything out really. Right on. And so you know, I was married for a few years, and then got divorced, and then got back into music again. So right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, kind of really that goes. Songs come uh, out from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so. Was that, I took a little break, but still. was that what it was for you? Was it, was it like a catharsis? To be able, like, after all of that, just be like, you know what? I gotta get back to music. Oh, yeah. Because I always had my guitar. Yeah. You know, like, it was, I could always pick that up and, you know. You were stranded on a desert island and needed to bring one thing with you. (laughs) (laughs) My guitar and lamb. If I could take lamb. Yeah, absolutely. Lamb the dog. Yeah. So what what were you writing uh, post-breakup with your wife? Uh, Mostly acoustic. You know, singer-songwriter, acoustic. Uh, I was really influenced by Elliot Smith, Damien Rice, that whole kind of... So did you have a band, or were you just kind no. of doing the solo no, thing? No, I wasn't even playing out, you know what I mean? Just like okay. riding at home playing. Um, just kind of wood shopping for so, a couple of years. So then where did you go from there? Uh, so from there, I got... Uh, the GHFE actually got back together. Yeah. And we never played a show, but we did get back together. <laughs> we started like we started like properly recording uh, our songs because we felt like these songs need you know deserved that. Uh, still haven't finished that, but That's we a did. Cool idea, it did. Though. You know, it's yeah. My God, it's weird. Like the songs are so old. You know, it's like. How do I play that part again? Oh yeah, that's right. I play like, yeah. <laughs> and, and to a certain how did that go? It's, it's a lot like flipping through your old like yearbook too. You're just like, oh why did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, this? but at the same time, like you still respect the material, so you want to do it again. Like we, yeah. Hayden calling it back, got back together last year for a benefit, show, right? And it was very much the same thing for me. I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Why did I write that line? Or like, I didn't think I was going to have to say that. It was seriously that a high school reunion. It really, <laughs> it really was. Though. Yeah. It was kind of weird. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> so yeah, we got back together and I was kind of doing that for a little bit. And uh, I got the call uh, from some of my friends in Oliver Hall. Oh, right on. To nice. uh, join that band. They needed a lead guitar player. So who gives the call? Uh, so I... so. Uh, Jim Tauscher, who was in the George Harrison Ford Explorers, uh, was in Oliver Hall at the time, okay. and uh, hit me up and was like, hey, you know, we're looking for somebody to fill in, we got these shows in two weeks, you know, would you be interested? Before he knew it, I was learning all the material and hitting the road. Right on. So, so where all did you guys go? Oh, man, we toured all over. Uh, I was to Colorado a couple times. 
a bunch of festivals all over Ohio. Yeah, Overhaul was a busy project, man. Yeah, Asheville. I mean, just all over. Yeah, yeah. Multiple tours to Colorado, all over the state. Over cool. the mountains. This is sweet. Yeah, that yeah is it was a fun time. Yeah. What are some good uh, tour stories? The oh, weird, God. the good, the bad, the ugly. So many. Tell them just all. Ridiculous. Your your just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Well, my favorite is I met Quentin Tarantino and drank oh, a beer with what? him what? in Telluride. All right, yeah, we're gonna. So that was the coolest okay. story. Okay, what but, question did you ask him? There had to. Have been, oh God, I don't even know. I, I didn't can't ask even him remember. I mean, I was excited? just. I didn't want to like fanboy, you know. Oh, what did you just get on the bar stool? Both look forward, like fucking. <laughs> No, yep. so here's the <laughs> That's a good beer. <laughs> so we we were playing uh, the Telluride Brewing Company's uh, Christmas anniversary party at this bar in Telluride. And Tarantino was filming The Hateful Eight at the time there. Okay. So they were all in town. So we finished it. We, we were playing two sets. A set break, our, we go backstage, and they, some of our friends come back. They're like, hey, you know, Quentin Tarantino's here. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. We still got to go play another set. I hope he's still here afterwards, right? So he's still there and he's hanging out and he's surrounded by people. And Certainly. Yeah, I felt weird going up to him, but finally I found an opportunity to, right? <laughs> so we went up to him and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys are good. Like, is it acceptable to play the band card? <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't even. Excuse me, guys, just, I'm in the band. I need to yeah. Mr. Tarantino. He's like, oh, you should have done uh, Mama Tried by the Grateful Dead. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I went to cheers him and I didn't realize my beer was empty. So I went to cheers him with an empty pint glass, and he had a tall boy PBR. They poured no, some of his beer so into my good. pint glass, what? and we cheers, and yes. I drink it. Quinter Dino's backwash. You drank off of his, his, his lips? You guys yeah. made out on yeah. Oh, yeah, Bas- I don't like yeah. to say it. Like. I, I know this is good radio, but... I tell everyone I'd be. update. Nick made out with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> right. No talk. And the headlines were no, in. You heard it <laughs> on the soapbox derby. <laughs> you said no tongue. Does it really count? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we got snowed in up there. It was crazy, man. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> we had to stay another night. I mean, it was a cool town to get yeah. snowed in at. You know? Well, sure. The most beautiful place I've ever been. Uh, we it's gorgeous. When I uh, I used to work for Maid Myriad, we got snowed in New York, and Jeff... Uh, immediately booked two shows in New York City. Oh, nice. Because, like, two of the other dates got canceled. <laughs> but the reason that the dates got canceled was because it was inclement weather, right? So yeah. he booked these two shows and nobody came to <laughs> But it's still cool. I, got to, I get to say I played New York City, I think, three times. Twice. Hell yeah. That's awesome. But that's, uh, you know, to nobody. So yeah. I can't prove it. Sorry. <laughs> I think if you give your dog a Kong, he'll chill the fuck out while you're uh, <laughs> Not doing a podcast. Right. No, no, no chill. No, Joe. He just wants to be part of it. So you were working with uh, Oliver Hall for, um, was it just one tour? Or no, no over two years. Of, okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And you were playing guitar for them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and singing. Yep. Cool. Some yeah. backup singing. But, yeah. So then you get off of working with Oliver Hall, and I'm sure you've got a bevy of material at this point, right? Yeah. So you've been doing. I mean, you've been working for other people for so long. Right. Like, was there a lot of your own original um, material used for any of those projects? I mean, uh, George Harrison Ford Explorers, obviously. Right. But, but not for the other projects. Though. Right. Yeah. More like I was writing my parts to songs that sure. were already there. Sure. Um, Which is you know fun in its own right, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. But I wanted to do you know my own thing. Uh, so that seemed like a good time to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what comes first? Were you perfecting material, or were you like, I need to put a band together first, and then I'm gonna toss this at them? 
you know, I, I had I had I started writing the material uh, while still in Oliver Hall that what we're playing now. Oh, okay. And uh, just kind of had in my mind like this will be cool as a three piece, kind of do my own thing. And I always wanted to play with Tig again. Cool, you know? right on, yeah, yeah. And so I kind of just hit him up one day. I was like, hey, man, you should come over. I got these songs. You should start jamming again, you know. And next thing you know, we're working out these tunes. I mean, he's... Tig is, like, one of these people that has just this great taste in music. Like, I trust his opinion. I know, like, you know, if him and I say a song's good, like, we feel like it's probably good because, like, we both... You know, okay, kind of have cool. You got that kind of mutual yeah. Uh, yeah. understanding of right. what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, so like I, I was really excited to work with him. Cool. Because you know? I really value his input. You know? Well, I mean, if you've been playing together for that long. Yeah, we just know each other. You know, like jamming together is just... Right. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people you, uh, you stay friends with and play music with. You know what I mean? But there's not... Uh, or sorry, strike that in reverse. There's not a whole lot of people that you stay friends with and play music with, but there's plenty of people you stay friends with. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so then I always knew Doug was a solid ass bass player, you know, yes, and I'd never gotten mellow. a chance to play with him. Uh, so I can't start on Doug, or I'll never stop. Eh. I love that boy to know. Yeah, he's a good dude. Who? Fugless Nasty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Be Fugless Nasty. I, me, and, me and Fugless, or I, should I say Fugless and I go way back, back to uh, we're in Boy Scouts together. <laughs> and, and, uh, so we started actually jamming together um, when I was 14 or 15, and he was even good then. And um, Doug is like the four higher bass player. He's been in a million different projects. Right, right. Um, very good bass player. But anyways... Um, so when you're creating this uh, this new band, um, was there a specific sound that you were going for? Was there like kind of like a sonic um, stamp that you were trying to make with what you're doing, or did you just fall into it? Um, really, the sound I just wanted it to be me, you know, able to express myself, you know, artistically. So whatever that is is what we sound like. You know what I mean? Like right, I, right. if I want to write a slow ass song, I'll write a slow ass song. If I want to rock out, rock, you know, it's just whatever. I do what There's I no want. it's not yeah, this I I'll didn't want to put too many labels on it, you know. Right. right. Uh, I guess as that's far part as, um, the input of like all the pedals that you use and you use right. a lot of different delays and oh, reverbs yeah. and things like that. Looping is that something and all that, that you've always been into yeah. since like oh, yeah. that, did you get that from the Oliver Hall days or is that no, even before it goes way that? back to okay. the beginning yeah just okay, a huge cool. gear nerd love guitar pedals love messing with Speaking all of that of things like that what's on your board right now oh. ooh good question ooh guitar center accessories check dude what can I say <laughs> <laughs> the main pedals uh, my main sound I mean I use the L cap Strymon L cap delay a lot nice Nice, uh, dude. And uh, Diamond Phaser. Diamond Phaser? Yeah, Diamond right is this awesome hand-built company. Uh, what else? I have an a- Earthquake or Avalanche run. Heck yeah. Which I Those love. are awesome. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard anything but amazing like reviews, if you will, from that pedal. Like, it's so good. Yeah, they're an awesome company. I have this the tremolo, their Hummingbird, just the version one, which is mm-hmm. just a one-knob tremolo, mm-hmm. and it just sounds so awesome. Heck yeah, dude. I just yeah. love it. We know. got a, or I got Alex the Dirt transmitter for uh oh, He was showing set. me that. Dude, so versatile. Like, yeah. so versatile. I thought it was just a fuzz pedal. Nope. Sure <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> does so much stuff, but that's cool, dude. Yeah, they make good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I have Roto Vibe, I have a K1 
Catlin Bread, Overdrive. And, you have a boutique you know, taste. Oh, I've got, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> Expensive taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bougie. <laughs> Explain I just the, really um, like to use You're allowed to be bougie yeah. about pedals. Yeah. Explain <laughs> the Catlin Bread, because I found that one. I was over at your place yeah. the other day. That one's really cool, like what it emulates. Right, so this pedal emulates uh, the SFT bass head that the Stones would use in the 60s. They would crank it and get their guitar overdrive from that. That's an Ampeg, That's correct? Ampeg, yeah, yeah. Ampeg. Amp. Bass amp. Uh, so the low gain mode is the Stones mode, which is that, and then the high gain mode is the Stoner mode, which is what like uh, the higher gain version of the 90s and then on that uh, Josh from Queens of Stone Age would use. So it covers like a lot of gain, um, and I just love it. Heck you yeah. know, I'll smash it with another, you know, with an EP booster before it or there something else, it. and it just, oh, it's Keep just it great. Yeah, absolutely. Is that uh, so? Is that what you're using kind of towards the end of Friendly Tiger? Then kind of like it seems like the uh, I'm sorry, the the first single off of uh, of your album. It kind of towards the end, it gets pretty spacey. Like, what what are were you using with that? Was that is that all that is is the uh, the diamond vibe uh, diamond phaser and the L cap delay. Oh, you're kidding me! Yeah. Wow. Oh, right on. Yeah. Can we just talk about that music video for real though? Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. I could not stop watching it today. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> I'm really happy with how it came out. How did you yeah. get those effects? So we did, I mean, we did a lot of shoots, and then it's just like dual, it's like dual layers. Like was it all our, through the computer? Yeah, so uh, Danielle uh, did the editing, and she's, you know, I, I don't know anything about okay. the editing. <laughs> you know, I really can tell you. I know she, like, did dual layers, and then uh, some trails effects. I couldn't tell if there was, like, a us. projector behind you, where yeah, so, the images were coming out from. So one of my friends, Eddie, has a lighting company, Scudda Entertainment, and they, um... He has a projector, and I can give him images, images and stuff, and then he can project those. And so what we did was we went to the new Central 8 Studios church. Yeah. And, yes. well, you know, it was just wide open. and hasn't, hasn't been used yet, right? They're building everything yeah. inside now. So we set up in there, turned off all the lights, and Eddie just projected onto the whole That's awesome. altar. Oh we're, we're on the altar, and they were... That's yeah, too cool. Super cool. cool. Yeah. Um, are you a Flying Lotus fan at all? Yeah. So um, I got to see him a couple years ago, and a lot of that, those images, like projecting and coming out, reminded me a lot of seeing one of his live shows. It's oh, sweet. Insane. A lot of psychedelic, dreamlike states where, yeah. I don't know. So we're bringing him out to the CD release, and he's going to do oh, a lot yeah. of that. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you two meet up? Uh, we met up through uh, Alver Hall. He would run sound. And lights for festivals that uh, Jim would throw, and also for shows for us. And so we kind of met through that. So that thought just kind of occurred to you, like, oh, there's this giant church we're about to go jam out in. You should bring your lights, somebody bring a camera, and then I'm going to need some editing done. Yeah, it all kind of just worked Damn, out. Nick. It really fell together. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really could. I, I'm so lucky, man. That's awesome. Yeah, really. That's really cool. Well, I will say, you know, to your credit, your reputation, your reputation does precede you as being somebody who is eager to get a lot of people involved on a common vision. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, I mean, I think I think your ability to kind of outreach to people and, and kind of level with them and make something cool and make something new is uh, something that's kind of uniquely yours. I kind of I kind of dig your approach to. 
to music. Cool, thank you, man. Yeah, I think we're stronger together for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think the music scene in Akron's really cool that way. Yeah, it does. You know, seem success to be... for you is a success for me. You know, because we're gonna play shows together. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it. You know, the rising tide rises all ships type thing. And it's it's nice because like a, a big part of the motivating factor behind this podcast is um, what's unique to Akron in general. And it seems like there's this common thread. At least this is our fifth episode. Mm, yeah. Yes. yes. And <laughs> there's just been a common thread of what makes this scene unique seems uh-huh. to be its ability to help itself out. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's because you're yeah. at like every show that isn't even yours. I, yeah, I mean, I, you can't go. You're out watching but... live music. <laughs> Try to. I you mean, like you definitely want to. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you want to support local music and your friends. What was the last show you went to? Uh, the other night. Uh, Acid Cats. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, we filmed. So we brought out five cameras and filmed their set. I helped film. Oh, right on. Cool. Set. Nate from Central 8 came out and got sound. And, yeah. Right on. It's all interconnected. Does, uh, does yeah, Natalie oh, yeah, have a, uh, a last name or business or anything? You What's want that? To shout out your video editor, Natalie. Oh, uh, so Danielle. Danielle? Danielle sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I met Danielle. Yeah, Danielle Duffy uh, from Cleveland. She went to Hockey. Cleveland Film School um, and wants to get into music video, shooting more music videos. Um, she just kind of helped me out with all that. I couldn't. Do, we wouldn't be able to do it without her and without Eddie running the projections and without Central Eight and the. Sure, I mean, really, honestly, without all these people, it wouldn't happen. Are you going to do just live projections at shows? We want to as much as possible. That so whenever it's awesome. so for the Sweet. CD release, we will. You know, for every show, we feasibly Ooh. can. Where we want where to. is the CD release at? Uh, at Musica. Okay. Yeah. Is that is that in March then? Yeah, March third. March third. Yep. Who else is playing? Yeah, at that show. Oh, this really hip band called the Brothers Band. I'm like, oh. never heard of them. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're a bunch of bands. You know, they like they like reverb a little bit too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, I addiction. play everything dry. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, there's, yeah, like there's no reverb guys. anonymous, so we're just getting away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nathan like encourages it, so we got to keep doing And then uh, Jeff Clem and the letters are going to be out there. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys are fantastic. We're looking forward to uh, speaking with some of them soon. Because we already talked to Nathan, so I'm just going to work right, my way yeah. through letters until I've, you know. Absolutely. We've got two months of releases. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. Great you know, like, years. really, the whole thought behind the show was... All three of our bands have recorded at Central Eight Studios. It's true. You know, and we're all Akron bands and we're all friends and it's kinda like let's celebrate that. You yeah, know, it seems to be our safe scene, haven where celebrate. we get to make stuff happen. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Without them I don't think it would have been quite as easy for all of us to meet each other or to release anything of any level of quality. Oh, and I, I couldn't be happier with the way it came out. Like Nate's allowed these songs to become better than I ever heard in my head. You know what I mean? Like, So when did you... Couldn't be, ha- I, I couldn't like be happier. We, I feel like we kind of jumped off the timeline a little bit. So, yeah. So when did you start putting... So after you and Tate were jamming together, right, right. When, you, when did you... Were you Doug, like, I need, a, I, need a, I need a bassist and we got to put an album out? Yeah, so the whole idea was this. Let's start by rehearsing and recording and then play a live show. Cool. I want to work smart, not hard, right? <laughs> Every band I've been in, it was like we go play shows and then we're rehearsing for shows and then we never got a proper recording and they never have anything to sell. And so I wanted to. The very first show we played, our single was already out. Cool. So I released a single before we played a show. 
So you recorded so I made it a point from to, start to finish, and yeah. then you were going to address the album. So we did all the... Yeah, we did bass, guitar, and drums live in the studio for the album. And then we focused on finishing the single. Cool. To get that out there. And then went back and are now finishing the rest of it. Is that something that you advise other bands to do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For us, it's like, we're a new band. If I release a 12-song album, I don't know how many people are going to listen to it. It's going to take me for forever. You know, like, I wanted to get a song out. Right. Gets the name out. You can hear the quality. You can hear the song. You know, that will get the EP out. We'll start working on another EP. The more I can turn out EPs and songs, I feel like the better, as opposed to waiting for, like, a full-length you know, unless somebody wants to go pay for us to go in the studio and do a full length episode. Right, exactly. I mean, hey, if anybody's all right, yeah. You know, whatever, but, you know. It does seem it's like... It's kind of DIY, so... Right, it does seem like the new thing is kind of uh, um, smaller releases, but more often. Like, you Absolutely. Do, you know, four-song releases, like, you know, once a year, twice a year, versus a full-length record every two years which does yeah sucks up a lot of time and then as a local band like the whole thing is keeping people interested because you're playing the same town you know a minimum you know once a month or um yeah things of that nature so you need people to keep interested so the more releases that you come out with the more fresh material the reason you know if you have new songs and they want to show up to your shows you know more often yeah that's kind of my thoughts plus you know, I, mean, I don't know the attention span people have to listen to a whole album anymore. Of a new band they don't even know. They right. might give us a song. If they like it, they might give it You know what I mean? I don't really know. So I agree with you 100%. What yeah, I absolutely. Do, honestly, I mean, there's just there's so much good music out there. What you I know, do, honestly, so. with like a local band, I love getting CDs and just like putting it in my car. And whenever I'm driving to work or whatever. God bless you. That's how, <laughs> that's how I do it. And it might not be how everyone else does it, but I love doing it that way. God bless you, Gail. God bless you. <laughs> well, Gail for president. Streaming is also extremely important right now, too. You know what I mean? With with like Spotify and all that jazz, it seems like that's yeah. very much on the I don't know how many people are buying CDs anymore. I mean, I'm going to print some, but I don't know how, you know. Yeah. It's like, all streaming these days. It really is. It really is. But that also does encourage the kind of the, um, the quicker... EP releases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, it kind of puts you in touch with your, your fan base, too. More media. I mean, it's easier to gauge a response off of, like, four or five songs rather than people being like, yeah, the first half hour is great, the last 15 minutes, I don't know, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, I mean, maybe it, 45 minutes is something interesting. It also seems to be working. I don't know if you guys have heard of the band uh, X Ambassadors. Yeah. But they did a similar thing. They came out with a four-song EP, and that was it. And they just basically wrote that until... They got um, some label notice, and then the next thing you know, their songs on a commercial. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, commercial, a commercial. Having your song on a commercial is like the new radio. It yeah. is. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's for sure. Especially yeah. a car commercial. Yeah, there's some. I trendy. feel like. I always or a cell phone commercial. So is your new release an EP or is it a yeah. full length? Yeah, it's so five song EP. Five song EP. Yeah. Is Friendly Tiger a part of that EP yes. then? Yep. Okay, cool. So how many songs did you start with? Um, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> I made it myself. You don't have to, you don't have to be Pro- I mean, Nobody's honestly, probably, yeah, I mean, honestly, order. probably like eight. Okay. Yeah, it was nine. Did you, right. did you record more than what ended up on the EP or did you kind of uh, vet not really. ahead of time? Yeah, I kind of thinned the herd before we went into the studio. Did you do that or did the band do that? Uh, myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. I kind of. So is that the kind of um, 
I don't, I don't mean to pigeonhole you. I'm just trying to ask. Like, uh, yeah, is that the kind of um, auteur you like to be? You like to make it kind of on your own and have a good skeleton for it, and then right evaluate it yourself to see if it's worth other people's time, or do you like to kind of get a little bit more input on this onset? You know, some songs come about just from jamming in the room with the guys. True. You know, um, but once I feel like I can take something to confidently, you know, I know he's going to come up with something cool. Right on. And, uh, yeah, it's just a process. Sure. You know, I don't know if there's a right answer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm certain that there isn't. Yeah. I, personally, I like to write, when I'm writing guitar, I'm writing guitar stuff. When I'm writing lyrics, I'm writing lyrics. I kind of separate the two. Oh, so okay. I'm trying to bring them together. That'll so do you have, like, a book of poetry and then, like, a... Yeah, yeah, so I'll write... Sketchbook yeah, riffs? Yeah, for me, it's easier that way. Sure. Separate the two ideas, and if something kind of syllabically lines up, oh, that's meshed. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. Right on. That's weird. I'm I'm wired almost entirely the same way. Really? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot... Of, I have a lot of lyrics that just have no sense of rhythm or song or meter at all. Yeah. And I have a bunch of riffs that I don't know what I would do with or, or like how to make them line up, but... Keeping those two ideas separate for mm-hmm. some reason, they eventually coalesce. And you're like, oh yeah, I got a thing that works for this, or I got a thing that works for that. So yeah. You find a good riff, you kind of, you know, are you like a uh, like a song a dayer or yeah. or no? <laughs> it's, it's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, what? When do you find yourself writing the most? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I try to I try to write every day. I try to play every day. Uh, whether it's good or bad, sure. You know, was forget about it and never play it again or whatever, right? Yeah. But uh, so whenever inspiration strikes, really, I don't know. There's no perfect time. No, there's. Are you no, sitting in the bad. bubble bath? Just <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of writing on my acoustic. You know, I just okay. play the acoustic a lot, and then other, you know, other times I'm creating soundscapes with all the pedals and stuff. So it's kind of those are two separate things as well, in do my you, head. You know. So you um, do you pretty consistently surround yourself with with other musicians, or is that just like a people you kind of you know, yeah? That's what I relate to? with. Yeah, because like you you live with um, Zach from the Acid Cats. Yeah, basis from the Acid Cats. Yep. Is that a very musical house then? Oh like, god, yeah. It's all just tossing ideas. It's, it's constant music. It's constant. Yeah. You know, <laughs> our band rehearses there. Acid Cats rehearse there. Broccoli Samurai rehearses there. Pizza Ghost rehearses there. What a uh, fun house. Yeah. Just dogs and music. Dogs. And music. <laughs> <laughs> what more could you uh, want? No, it's really it's 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 actually great motivation. I'll tell you that, um, because he, you know, Zach is just such a hardworking musician. He's you know, is. and he's practicing yeah. to a metronome, and he's running scales, and he's doing all this. So I'll get home from work, and I'm like, oh shit, he's Him and that he's doing work, already, right? Yeah. So it's like I gotta, you know, it's just great. And then it's like, metronome. you know, the work at just the work ethic, and it, you know. Like, it's motivation. It's inspiration. Right. You know, it's a, it's a healthy environment to be around, for right. sure. It is hard to kind of get up and, you know, think like to yourself, like, I got to play music today. Like, it's almost like, I don't want to say like a job, but I remember when I first started playing music, it was almost like, you know, I just kind of mosey around doing it. I, you know, do it when I felt like it. But when you start to get on this level where you're practicing and playing every day and trying to progress and write more songs and you know reinvent yourself every time you write a song possibly it kind of sometimes there's points where i think like you're mentally drained from just thinking about it because you almost <laughs> think about it every day so like for me like i have to take time off and break old habits uh, would you say you feel the same oh yeah i think that's great 
Yeah, that's a great thing. I try to pull inspiration from so many different players, not just guitar players, but any instrument or, you know, anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. What Definitely bands take are you listening to right now? Oh, like three new bands. Three new bands? Yes. Um, oh, boy. Ha. Put you on the spot. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your bullet journal? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's Super trendy. trendy. <laughs> Three new bands. I don't know. I like Whitney. Is a new like indie band that's really cool. The drummer's a singer. Ooh, it's different. Really the guitar player plays an awesome telly. It's nice. really hot. Um, the guitar player or the telly? Well, I guess both. What else? I don't know. Father John Misty, I just heard his new Woo-hoo. song today. Oh, that was Father excellent. He's a great songwriter. Yeah, yeah. I guess Sleep Boxes is coming back too. Oh Ooh. really? That's Love good those news. Guys. Yeah, interesting. Love my sister guys. turned me on to that band um, a few years back. Right. And that was one. She's my little sister, so it was one of those moments where I was just a like, little hey, "What are you like doing?" <laughs> Turning me on to new music. Yeah, this is who my are job. you? Yeah, exactly. And then it was good. And then so I was like, well, I've got, I'm out of that now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. More responsible, better taste. I'm not the older anything. <laughs> my little brother tries to do that, but like, I swear, eight times out of ten, I've already heard it. So like, I'll just let him, he'll be like, yo, man, I heard this new band. I'll just sit, talks? And I'll, just, I'll just, yo, man. No, he doesn't talk like that at all. <laughs> but uh, for effect, and he'll just be like, tell me about this band, like ranting and be like, tell me all these songs. And I'll just wait like five minutes. I'll be like, I've already heard that. Like, <laughs> like wow. one of them, like already listened to the record. I'm like, have you He's heard this song? He's sitting there eagerly the whole time. Like, can't we just yeah. squash his can't dreams? I live this shit. I live this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you Blink-182. You know I'm older so than you? Kids. So, I live this shit. So I went to Blink-182, Sarah and I went. <laughs> And I had a few it's tall the best boys. Day of my fucking <laughs> and we were, we were, that was so we were cool. in the lawn, and like her friend was there. I was and wasted. Her, her other friend, her friend's day. friend, was a little bit younger. So I just had this thing <laughs> where like they were talking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I know. I listened to this when it first came out. Yeah, I know." And then I just got like really hostile and just started going, "I live this shit." <laughs> I live this shit. <laughs> I don't know. You know how I get sometimes. It's a little uncomfortable. Oh, we, know. we snuck in alcohol, if that explains anything. Yeah. So. Did we? That's why. Yeah, the booty juice. Oh, yeah. I snuck in. We have this really bad habit I- of sneaking whiskey in and flasks and, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call that a bad habit. It's right? <laughs> a wise investment. Yeah. Thrifty. Yeah, thrifty. Yeah, thrifty. Yeah. Frugal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, tuna teenies. Tuna teenies. Tuna teenies. All right, so I had mm. these, I had these Stanley cups Stan. that I got from Walmart. These Not a paid are, endorsement, but we wouldn't mind one. Yeah. Sure. Well, these things are <laughs> badass because they're like ceramic outer, steel inner, so they just like hold things cold or hot for a really long time. It's like kind of like a Yeti ripoff. So I was making. We were. It was. We were at Lock In last year. A it Yeti was hot rip-off? as shit. Yeah, it's kind of a Yeti ripoff. What is it? What is a Yeti? It's a, like a cooler. A company. Yeti's like yeah, like just yeah. like a cooler company. Never heard of Yetis, bro. No, I mean I've heard of Yetis, but like uh, the big scary guys heard. in the forest. Well, in Antarctic. <laughs> Anywho. Wow. 
sure what made the tuna teenies great was <laughs> obviously yeah. my perfection in mixology, but it was oh the God. fact that oh. these cups kept the liquid <laughs> so deliciously cold. So it was very hot. Well, what out. did we put in it? So Vodka. it, it was. It was the it was, uh, uh, simply lemonade, raspberry lemonade. That's what made all the one part. And then there simply was a, lemonade. That the raspberry one with the blueberry one. That's why it was killed. Two parts yeah. vodka. Oh, and a splash of LaCroix, because we were super No, no, no. It was it was I saw you guys pouring those drinks. No. That was an optional amount of vodka. <laughs> yeah, optional amount of vodka. It was one of the Simply Lemonades, but the kicker was the splash of Sunny D. You're forgetting about the best part. That's oh, what, that's that's what brought it home. And then one thing that people don't do is they don't take the drink and dump it into another one and then dump it back. The shakers. Shaker. Yeah. Got to do a shaker. Campsite Stanley shaker. Stanley Shaker. Tuna Yeah. <laughs> now you know Tuna how to tea. make it. Try it yourselves. Let us know how it goes. Drink it in 100 degree weather. Yeah, in Virginia. Or, or out, of, out of a camp chair. Yes. If you have any other interesting things, oh. we'd love to hear. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Share us your recipes. We'll uh, we'll absolutely try them. You did say camp chair, though. Chair. 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 Who wants to tell our lovely listeners about Nose goes one Yeah, chair. I've heard a lot about this chair. Jake. Jake. Jake, <laughs> you have been nominated chair. to We're talking about chair. festival stories, so yeah. we have to talk about chair. Yeah, absolutely. Those crazy fuckers from Vermont. <laughs> chair is ostensibly a game where one takes a folding... Camp chair. Chair. Camp chair. Camp chair. <laughs> and, uh, no, the three of you just took a drink simultaneously. I love that. <laughs> Set it down simultaneously. I was just making sure I wasn't in the Matrix. So now that I know I'm not, um, essentially you just you pour the drink into a folding chair and then you fold the chair into like a cup, like state, and then pour that drink into your mouth and drink it. <laughs> And, and so we did, and then the the kicker is afterwards you were supposed to uh, express your discontent with the chair for its, <laughs> for its state of unkemptliness by throwing it haphazardly, you know, in yeah. a direction that you would like. So we were doing this in the middle of the day, as you should. And, um, day, night, early morning. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Really it didn't matter. Any time is the perfect time. But the joke was, is people people would walk by and like, what the hell are these people doing drinking out of this chair? And like the, the chant was, if you stare, you must chair. Like, we, weren't, we, you, we weren't okay with you being a participant to the show if you weren't going to buy the ticket and take the ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people are, are one by one, at least 10 or 12 of them, like kind of filing in <laughs> And just to pour their drink on a chair and drink it out of a chair and then toss that chair later. But didn't you... You tossed a chair at the wrong person. Yep. I did. As I recall. I did toss but it at the wrong the person. Chair. Who was that person, though? So, I like to call this the perfect chair. Now, I realize that every chair <laughs> every is Every chair perfect is inherently chair, perfect. No matter how you throw it. But this one literally was a perfect chair. So, <laughs> I'm sitting there... I'm doing the chair thing. They're chanting. They're screaming my name. I'm like, yeah, I'm such fucking badass. Like, fuck the chair and shit. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I drink the chair, and I just look up to the sky, and I just visualize just uh, this holy moment of where I'm just going to do something Launching great in my life. Chair. Yeah, exactly. It feels like the end of Friday Night Lights. Chair. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm going to score a fucking touchdown with this goddamn chair. <laughs> so I don't even look forward. I'm just like... 
planning my perfect arc, so I just let this chair go. And, like, I, I spread my legs and take, like, a perfect baseball pitching <laughs> step to where I'm just like, I can just feel it, just the release perfect. So the chair goes, oh, and it's upside down, and then all of a sudden, I hear this noise from the left. And it's one of the golf carts with two sheriffs on it. And, oh. like, so they come by, chairs dropping, and from my angle, it literally looks like this chair was going to land on top of the golf cart. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, like, oh, my God. So chair lands, golf cart stops, like, skids because it's a dirt road. But the chair ends up on its legs, like a perfect Perfectly 360 upright. chair. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And then... <laughs> And then after after it landed, and that was when Gnap retired from the uh, yeah the fighting Irish. Yeah, this cop got out. And he looked at me. He's like, got his finger wagging. He's like, come over here, buddy. And I'm just like, oh fuck, tail between my legs, just like walking down, head down. That was a lot of downs. And uh, he goes, he Everything goes, he goes, hey buddy, <laughs> certainly was. He goes, hey buddy, chug that beer. And I'm like, what? He goes, hey, chug that beer. So I chugged the beer, right? And then he goes, I bet you can't do that again. <laughs> so, I, so I go over and I chair again, of course. I don't I don't do the magical experience I just shared it with all of you. Thing. It's a one time right, well, thing. It's a one time thing. But we had so many people surrounding and wanting to do chair that the folks from Vermont got mad at us. Like they they thought this was a joke and that there's no way this is gonna take on. They were just like thought they were fucking with us. We popularized this fucking chair shit. And what's the difference between popularizing something and and just murdering it? Because we, we, we didn't up. let chair go for at Driving least twelve to We still <laughs> let chair go. Hammer, we drank for five hours just well, that's why, like, when you have how many people do we have in this group? Like 16, 18 I believe it was people. sixteen people. Yeah. So it's a lot of chair. It's a, a lot, lot of chair. chair. A lot of butts we drink out of. So much chairs. Oh, so yeah, the sweaty time. ass cracks and everything, just like the debris. And then some. The goes, what? The debris. <laughs> oh no. No, I see you. I see you. I understand that that's a funny way to say debris. I say debris. Yeah. Debris. Is there what's the <laughs> is there a right way to say that word? Debris. Debris. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, remember that one episode where they killed the joke? Oh. Yeah, just happened. Yeah, so you're gonna come back at me with it. Anyways, wait. So I'm trying to backtrack. You went to Hoban. Yeah. Which year did you graduate? Oh three. Gross. <laughs> I went to St. V. So like. Oh okay. You know. Oh, is there an inherent rivalry there? They're Dude, about, fuck yeah! They're Literally, about, yes. They're about to fist fight. Dude, we I had. Know. I mean, like we had LeBron. Like I got to watch LeBron in high school. I went to LeBron's high school. It was crazy. It just crushed us every time they played us, but it was just amazing to watch. I used to always go to those games. My uncle, my uncle, we preferingly call him uh, Las Vegas, because that's where he lives. He is the owner of the number two strip club treasures in Vegas. Not uh, the number one strip club treasures. Every time he'd come to town, he'd be like, let's go see LeBron James. And we're like, yeah, Uncle Jimmy, whatever. The same dude would be like, you guys want money for popcorn? And we're like, yeah, sure. It gives me and my little brother like $100 bills. Yeah, dude. No, I wish. No, but like freaking. No, listen, listen. So same. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. Uh, I guess on the topic of LeBron when we were there, like, uh, when was it? When he was playing for Miami, like Dwayne Wade and all that. Yeah, we don't talk about those times. They came to watch JB. They sat next to me and my little brother in the student (laughs) section. So imagine Tyler and I 
Like, still in grade school, just like... Your brother? They, no one, no one they can can't see, see your face. Oh, yeah, I guess. Valid point. My little brother's just sitting there. Quality just radio. Like, yeah, we do need a video now. That's true. I can see my face. Do you have any crazy festival stories? Do you oh guys play festivals? Uh, we haven't played any festivals yet, but... Yet. Oliver Hall played a ah. ton of festivals. Yeah, you had mentioned that earlier. It was pretty consistent. Oh, yeah. Just so, mud fest. You right. Know, your van and trailer just gets stuck. Yeah. You got absolutely. hillbillies pulling you out. Just crazy stuff. They're always the best. They're always the ones running the gate. Yes, that's that's usually the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you guys stay up all night, who are you going to pick? <laughs> Do you remember Noodle from West Virginia? Yes. For some reason, I don't know why I just had this vendetta that I just hated Noodle. I don't know why, but he just like I don't know why either. the you wrong way. Well, he did this thing where like he'd walk up to the car and he'd just be like, what's up? And then he'd just walk away and we'd be gone for like a half hour just sitting on the side and then he'd get back up and he'd come back and be like, can I see your tickets? And we'd be like, yeah. Then he'd go sit back down. And I shit you not for another half hour. He's just fucking sitting there. Like, I have no idea what he's doing. And, like, we've been up all night driving and stuff. And I'm just like, fucking noodle. So, finally, noodle lets us in. And this fucking wook gets our car. And he's like, a wook? A wook. A wook. Can, can you give the definition of a wook, please? You want me to give the definition? Yeah, I think you. You'd be well suited. Spell wook. Uh, yeah. P-O-O-K. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gotta be so. Um, a, a work is somebody who attends festivals probably too often. Um, they're regularly not employed. <laughs> um, they usually have a cooler with nothing in it, but they're definitely taking it with them. Um, a dog that may or may not be theirs, but does have a leash or not actually for like a rope part, leash. Yeah, yeah, like a just yeah, or yeah. like a series of twigs that they found or like. This Flower is my dog now. Flower, I'm no, I mean, like, you wish, you know? You wish that they had a flower crown just so that you could, Smell like, help them pleasant. get back to wherever they came from. But it's, they're not. They came from the last place that they were just at. Always and they're not entirely sure where that was either. Always have a lighter, never have They generally have a lighter, never have anything else to share. Yeah. They want to see if those cans are yours or if you're going to eat them. Can I borrow everything? Can I borrow everything? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. yes. Oh, wow, we got really off topic there, but I liked it. We certainly did. We had a good time. But I think the I think the main question to Nick was, does he have any funny or good stories about? Oh yeah, we kind of had to. Oops. Not wooks, generally speaking. Not wooks. Yeah. Plenty of wooks. Uh, yeah, I don't. Funny story. I'm trying to think. I'm always drawing a blank when I'm on the spot. I'm sorry. What do you guys? Okay. What do you guys usually do when you roll into like a festival scene? Because like for. For people who are attending, generally it's like a lot of time is consumed by setting up the camp and like putting um, the stuff together. Like, yeah, build a tent, and then you got to figure out how you're going to line up your canopies right, and stuff right. like that. But I imagine for the band, it's got to be like different, right? We had, yeah, I mean, we had a uh, pretty large van and a tr- all the gear in a trailer, so we would crash in the van and maybe somebody would set up a tent if they really wanted to. So you but, just pull up and be like, camp set, and I'm out. Yeah, I mean, we'd just be backstage. You know, set up parked back there usually or whatever. What's been the on? good life? Right, right. What's Sometimes going on backstage at a festival. It depends. I mean, it really depends on the scale. Okay. You know, if it's a smaller like local fest, probably not much. You know, just people hanging out, which is cool too. Sure. You know, uh, we played uh, 
Legend Valley outside of Columbus. Oh, oh right yeah, on. we were yeah, there for uh, the yeah. work. We played the workout there. Oh, wait, no, no. And uh, <laughs> Dark Star Jubilee there, and they oh, had wow, like oh cool. I mean, they had just crazy stuff. They had catered and kegs. Wow. And, Massage tables and all this. Massage stuff. tables, yeah. All right. Some dude like trying to sell like oxygen and like a capsule or something. He's <laughs> I'm just like, it looks like crack. I'm not touching it. It looks like meth or something. Like I don't even know what that is. It's weird. He's like, it's, it's just oxygen, man. It's gonna get. Like, ah, are you, are you selling oxygen? oxygen. There's some oxygen. oxygen. Yeah. I'm alright on that. I'm not to pay for that. So you run into that. PBR Steve doesn't leave Akron. <laughs> <laughs> he sells oxygen capsules. Yeah, bro. By the roadside. So speaking of gases and objects, I have this really funny nitrous story. Oh, God. My first fish show. And, uh... Hijacking this story? No, I'm just kidding. We can tell it later. No, go. No, you gotta tell it now. Yeah, yeah. like talk about yeah, You can't. You can't. I mean, you can't. Just I'm all ears. So anyways, <laughs> when, you, uh, when you go to fish shows or... Uh, well, it's the only real experience I have with it, but there's this thing called the Nitrous Mafia, and it's basically a... Uh, crime organization that delivers mafia to your local hippie and mafia. i think it delivers nitrous to <laughs> yeah what i said mafia i mean it does bonus mafia like this is slang i don't know right i don't know this clearly, yeah. clearly you're still technically no, correct can you just imagine some italian guy with <laughs> spaghetti with your gunfight <laughs> <laughs> I've got a one of mafia, or I've got a two of mafia. Either way, it's culturally insensitive. It's still forty dollars. <laughs> so, anyways, I go to my first fish show, and it's the end of the fish show. And I'm walking out, and there's just like fireworks everywhere because they shoot off fireworks to um, I don't know distract from selling nitrous balloons. Exactly. So the cops supposedly go to the fireworks, but really the cops don't do shit. They don't give a fuck at this point. So, all of a sudden, you're walking out, and you just hear, whoosh, whoosh, and it's like them filling up balloons. So, we finally make it back to my car, and of course, there's a nitrous tank, like, uh, about 10 yards from my car. So, like, there's just, like, some normal kids, like, in fucking cardigans and zip-ups and shit, like, and they just go, and they... Yuppies out of fish Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they get... uh, this one kid gets a balloon, and they're all standing like right by my car, which was kind of weird, I guess. But we were just kind of like trying to stay away from that whole like mafia thing because we were trying to get the fuck out of there. On and top of the other mafia connotations that you wouldn't want to be a part of anyway. <laughs> yeah, mafia, mafia. And uh, so this kid takes a giant rip of his balloon, and he just goes, and then he just like. He gets like these fucking googly eyes and you see his eyes roll back in his head, in the back of his head. And he just collapses and hits, as I blow it out, hits his head on the bumper of the my kid? car. Is that the punchline? No, I'm, I'm, not the kid. I'm not the kid. I'm observing the kid. So he, he blows out this large head of nitrous and then he just collapses and busts his dome on the bumper of my car. And then he just lays on the ground and starts spazzing like... You killed a guy with your car? Yeah, I ran over him. And uh, no, you didn't have to. And okay. this is how Gnap was introduced to the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Engineer my ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got that mafia living. mafia. How you made your first million? That mafia money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I stepped over him, teabagged him, and uh, drove away. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what if he wasn't lying, though? <laughs> 
Tumbleweed. Nobody's gonna know. <laughs> but you guys were there. We're going to get home later and he's going to be like, I really did teabag that kid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so while we're on the subject of teabagging. Nick, you ever teabag anybody? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> I used to be the wow. thing. Good answer. You're a real gentleman. <laughs> no gentleman never teabags a tumbleweed. They used to be a thing in college. Like teabag somebody and take a picture. Wow. Jesus Christ! Oh, Stop no. it! No, you never did Stop that. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, someone change the subject. This feels Please. more like a holiday dinner than a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I went. Gonna have to the creepy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be alone with when you've had too much wine. Sure. <laughs> I know I'm growing into a nice young woman, Uncle Tuna. Stop. <laughs> so, Nick, do you want to uh, tell us what's going on in the future with your band and kind of talk about the CD release show one more time and we'll kind of close this out a little bit here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, March 3rd is the culmination of what we've been working on to this point, um, releasing our first album. When did you guys start recording this EP? Uh, so we started in the summer. Uh, we started like June or July. Okay. I think when you guys were finishing up yours is when we started ours, right around that okay. time. Okay, right on. Um, and then we had to take some time off. I was actually T-boned by a semi on Thanksgiving Eve, so like I had to take like some time off from... That's a good way to start the holidays. Recording and everything. So we kind of got pushed back. You know, was hoping to have it done sooner originally, but it is what it is. You know, sure, it's sure. done when the songs are done when they're done. You had to literally you know? roll with the punches. Yeah, to make it happen. <laughs> It'd take more than a semi to stop me. Amen. Amen. There you go. Yeah. You still showed up that night and played though. Yeah, I played a show like, with you guys that like night. I was T-boned by a yeah. semi. And Damn. Yeah. I was really paying for it the next day, but it was Thanksgiving, so it was a lazy ass <laughs> day. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so March third at Musica uh, will be the release of our album. And uh, really looking forward to it. Having you guys out, Brothers Band, Jeff Clum the Letters. Thank uh, you. I look forward to drinking a lot of beer and Same. watching you play. Yeah. I look forward to We're going to get down. Seeing the visual aspect of the show. Um, yeah, Eddie's coming out. The, you, know, you know, the really high caliber of musicianship that you've surrounded yourself with and the, the caliber of songwriting that you've demonstrated, I think is enough to bring anybody out to a show. I mean, not only are your, is, I should say, is your original material, um, you know, very of note, but like sometimes you pick these really cool covers and it seems like your outreach to other musicians that you might be sharing the stage with that night even, you've got a way of bringing them on to, to kind of bridge gaps between audience members who might not know everybody. Yeah. And so I think uh, you do a really good job of providing an all-inclusive Oh so, yeah, thanks, man. So we're looking yeah. forward to to having one of those evenings with you again, where we everybody gets to kind of have a good time. So uh, yeah, March third at yeah. Musica. That's right. Coup de Gras debut release. Yep. And uh, speaking on behalf of everybody here at the Soapbox Derby, thank you very much for coming over. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for having me out. And we'll be seeing everybody again very soon. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>